Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is March 17, and our chapter reading for today is Ruth chapter 2. Because I spent so much time on the names yesterday, I want to go back and pick up on the narrative and the story so that you can understand chapter 2 better. The story is that the boys had died and they had left their wives. They were young men and still the wives were young. There were no other sons that were going to come from Naomi's womb. She was an older woman, so no doubt she had looked around at her situation in Moab in a strange country where it was not her homeland and she was not as familiar with it, even though she had been there a while. She was still a stranger among a people that were not her own. And as is the case when they came, so it was in returning. I have stood on the hillsides of Bethlehem in years past and been in a position to look across the Syrian-African Rift Valley to the land of what would have been Moab in the days of Ruth, but now the country of Jordan. And because I am familiar with the geography and the topography of the land, I knew where Madaba was, and that was the home of Ruth and Orpah. And so I could see with the western sun the green fields around Madaba from Bethlehem. Now, I believe that is what caused Elimelech and Naomi to go to begin with because the Bible says there was a famine and I have been in Bethlehem where it's been as dry as dust and I can see the green fields around Madaba in the area. Now, what that means is when the rains come off the Mediterranean, many times they will skip over It's like they hit like a ramp of those uh, western hillsides facing the Mediterranean, and they will jump over those hills and go to the eastern ridge, which is the King's Highway, which was ancient Moab and Edom, and farther north was Gilead in the Bible. The desert that it creates and the wilderness that it creates on the eastern slopes of the what is called the West Bank of the Jordan, that desert, and like in other places, but it is unique to where uh, Israel is, that's called the shadow of the rain. That desert is created because it doesn't rain very much there because the weather, the fronts will jump over that ridge and go to the ridge beyond. And so that's what had happened. There was famine around Bethlehem on the western ridge. And so they saw green on the eastern ridge, and so that's where they went. No doubt they had heard talk of land and harvest there, and so they went. And both boys died, Elimelech died, and Naomi was left alone. And so I've also been at Madaba early in the day, and I uh, was there in about 2000, and it was early in the morning, and the sun was rising at our back, and it was shining a light on the western ridge where Bethlehem and Jerusalem would have been, Hebron to the south of that. 
And I could see, because I, again, I knew the ridge line, I could see Bethlehem shining in that morning sun. Because we were on the edge, you could see very clearly, and the Rift Valley was right below us, the Dead Sea and so forth. And so I can imagine Naomi getting up in the morning, and she would be outside, and the sun would be bright, and maybe it was the winter time when the rains will clear out the haze and the mist, and you could see all the way to the Mediterranean from Mount Nebo, which was not far from there at all. Mount Nebo and Mount Pisgah is just a very short distance from Madaba, where Elimelech and Naomi would have been. That's where Ruth was from. And so... She would have seen her homeland now, probably green with the rains. And so finally one day she said, I'm going home. I'm just getting more bitter here. So she started to leave and the girl started with her. She said, please go back. There's no more sons in my womb for you, which it was the law of the Jewish people. If a brother died, that brother would go into the wife, marry the wife, and raise up a son in the name of the one who died. Well, Naomi said, I don't have any more sons, and so go back. And Orpah turned back, but Ruth said these beautiful words in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, when she answered Naomi and said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. That means that it was a different God than what she had been brought up to serve. And she said, I'm going to follow your God. I'm going to live where you live. Your people are going to be my people. And where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. And the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. So that's a beautiful story of the love of a daughter-in-law for her mother-in-law that was going, she was pledging to take care of her is what she was doing. So this is important for chapter 2 and what happens with Boaz. And so they went back home, and as they got back home in chapter 2, there was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. Now, you'll recall that if you've read through the Old Testament, you remember that one of the great columns out front of the temple when Solomon built it was named Boaz, which means strength. One was to be established and the other was strength, to be established in strength. That's what the temple was built upon. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him in whose sight I may find favor. So Ruth was an industrious young woman. I mean, she did not want to just be there as a burden and be around the house all day. She said, please let me go out and go to work. And so Naomi said, you go, my daughter. And she left and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, that is, of Boaz. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now, behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. And Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reaper, whose young woman is this? Now, she was probably dressed different than the other Israelite women. 
She was probably very industrious because this was their food. This was what they were going to be eating after uh, she had winnowed this particular harvest and what the sheaves that she would gather. And you remember, this was the law of the land. God said to the people, when you get into the land, I don't want you to take all the corners of the field and just take uh, to the very edges of your property. He said, when you get out there and you're reaping, remember that God gave you everything you have. And so you need to leave some harvest for those who will have not the resources you do. And so many times they would leave the corners of their land and they would leave it for people to have that were just poor and needed help. And many times as they were harvesting, they would leave sheaves uh, lying because they would drop along the way. And these people would come, the poor, and they would take that and uh, they would then beat the heads of that grain. This was barley, they would then take that and that would be their bread. Now, because it's the barley harvest, we know it was the end of winter and it was the beginning of spring because the barley harvest is the first. That's the first fruits. It's the first to ripen. And so that's what they were doing. Matter of fact, that's where Passover is an agrarian feast for this period of the history of the Jews. And so it says, so the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, it's the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and she's continued from morning until now. In other words, she's a hard worker, though she rested a little in the house. And I mean, she just rested enough to where she could get her breath and went back out again. Then Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? He looked at her as a younger woman, as a daughter, just like the scripture says we should. Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close to my young women, because he had regular reapers. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? In other words, they're not going to bother you. You're safe in my fields, and when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. And so she found great favor with Boaz. This was an unusual situation. He was being very good to her. So she fell on her face because she didn't understand all of this. How could this older man be so good when he didn't even know her? And she bowed to the ground and said, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner? And Boaz let the cat out of the bag. And Boaz said to her, It has been fully reported to me. In other words, he got the scoop on her, and he found out all that she had done for a mother-in-law since the death of her husband. And how he says, How you have left your father and your mother in the land of your birth and have come to a people whom you did not know before, and the Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. This is such beautiful prose, just such a beautiful narrative as they go back and forth. And what God was doing was he was building a relationship. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me. And the concept there is of encourage. You've encouraged me. No telling what Ruth was feeling. She was in a strange land. She needed to work so they could have food. This had greatly encouraged her. And he spoke so kindly to her, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Now, Boaz said to her at mealtime, 
Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. And this was, a, again, a great sign of favor. So she sat beside the reapers, just like she was one of his women, passed a parched grain to her, and she ate and was satisfied, and uh, she kept some back. In other words, she was always thinking of her mother-in-law, how she could take care of her. And when she arose to glean, Boaz commanded the young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves. In other words, not just those that have been cut and our leftovers. Let her get in there where she can get some grain to take home to Naomi. Also, let the grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. In other words, that which is already cut so she wouldn't have to do it and work so hard for the little she's going to get and leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out that which she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. That's about a half a bushel. That is a lot of barley heads. So she took it up and went into the city to her mother-in-law. When her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned and what she brought out and gave to her of what she had kept back after she had been satisfied, after she had eaten enough, she kept enough of her lunch to give to Naomi. And Naomi just had to be blown away by this. And her mother-in-law said to her, where where have you gleaned today and where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked, immediately Naomi recognized him and said, This man's name with whom I worked today was Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be the Lord. Notice the word all caps. Blessed be the God of Israel, who has not forsaken his kindness in the living and the dead. In other words, Naomi said, God's doing this. This is this is really an action, the providence of God. And Naomi said to her, This man is a relative of ours. He's one of our close relatives. And Ruth the Moabite said, He also said to me, You shall stay close to my young men until they have finished my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women and that people do not meet you in any other field. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and the wheat harvest. Now, this this is a good while that they're eating steady. She's getting a lot. She stayed with her mother-in-law. Now, what's about to happen is God is preparing. Ruthie's already working. By the way, God knew all this was going to happen, and he worked it out in his providence. Providence is God bringing his will to pass in spite of us many times. But here was a young woman who was being good to her mother-in-law. She wanted to follow God. She wanted to follow the God of her mother-in-law, Naomi, that she had seen a difference in her life. And even though Naomi had turned bitter, she still honored God. She still did the right thing. She still was willing to take Ruth with her. And Ruth, somehow in Elimelech and in her husband and in Naomi, she had seen the God of Israel. And she wanted to know him. And indeed she did. And now God was rewarding her and blessing her and gracing her. And this is what happened. And in the next chapter, we're going to see God worked it out in a miraculous way with the guidance of Naomi, an older woman, teaching a younger woman, just as it should be, about how to do things properly, discreetly, and in order. Would to God that we would see more and more of this, men mentoring younger men, older men with younger men, and older women, more experienced, mature, godly women, mentoring those who 
who are younger and taking the time and the interest to do that. Ruth was a woman of sterling character, a woman who wanted to honor God, wanted to honor her mother-in-law, wanted to be a hard and industrious worker, and she was. Boaz was a blessed man, and he saw the virtue of Ruth. He made her an offer that she couldn't refuse, and we'll read about that in the next chapter as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.